0: What's up, you guys? Welcome back to The Contractor Marketing Show. I'm your host, Matt Tebow, and I'm joined here in the studio with Matt Favreau. Man, the mats are back again. Matts are back again. Matt Favreau is having some car trouble. We Ubered him in here. He's here, we've got him in the house.
1: Yes, rental car, one week wait time, brutal.
0: Yeah. So um, guys, I'm super excited for us to jump in today's episode. Um, We're going to be talking all about the common misconceptions that contractors may or may not have when it comes to online advertising. And uh, we're just going to jump right into them and go through each one and just kind of share our insights on them. And a lot of these questions um, and misconceptions are ones that I've experienced talking to contractors and um, just seeing like what they think about this. And so I want to jump on the podcast here with uh, Matt and just talk about some of these misconceptions. So we'll jump right into things here. First one I've got for you, Matt, we'll just kind of go between you and me here. So first one I've got is, um, does advertising even work?
1: Yeah, I mean, like, it's kind of the general sentiment sometimes that people just think that it's wasting money. Uh, They're not going to get results from the money they're spending, and it's just kind of a waste of time. Um, And it's definitely not the case. Advertising has been around for a very long time. Most businesses utilize advertising to, at the very least, kind of remain a player in the market, if not to grow their business, um, especially in, like, competitive uh, niches or areas. Like, if you're working with a, a product and you have a uh, – why am I blanking on the word? Patent, patent mm. on the product and, like, nobody else can enter the market. Obviously, you don't really need to advertise that much of It's a great product. Nobody else can make it. You're killing it. For the most part, especially in contracting, there's lots of competition, and you're going to have to advertise to grow your business and sustain your income.
0: Absolutely, yeah. And I would say, like, I think that contractors will ask themselves, does advertising even work when they experience a campaign that may have failed, right? So the other way of looking at it is, not does advertising work, but looking at it as, okay, this particular marketing campaign failed, why is that?
1: Yeah, kind of like how do I make advertising work, not does advertising work, because obviously advertising works.
0: The biggest brands in the world are using advertising. Our clients are using it. They're getting leads and clients and growing their business. The proof is in the pudding behind it. It's just how do I get this campaign to actually work? For sure. And that kind of transitions into our next point, uh, Matt. Like, Is all advertising created equal? I mean, so here's the thing, a lot of contractors will say, hey, Matt, I'm doing advertising, I'm already spending this much on it. But like you just asked, is advertising all equal? Absolutely not. You could be saying the wrong message, you could have the wrong offer, you could be targeting the wrong people. So not all advertising is created equal. And not all marketing campaigns are created equal. Some campaigns
1: are going to be very, very successful, and some aren't going to be. For sure. There's like a reason people go to marketing school, right? There's tried and true practices. There's things you have to learn. There's nuance. And even if you're doing all these things right, sometimes it just won't work. And that's kind of the thing where, you know, the more you advertise and the more you practice, it's going to be better each time. And if somebody's just throwing up some posts on Facebook or they're putting up their own ads and they think it's going to kill it compared to an agency who's tried thousands and thousands of campaigns, it's obviously not comparable.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and different media sources too aren't always um, like created equal, right? Like some leads from a certain media source will be worth more, and then other leads from another media source will be worth less.
1: For sure, intent, especially with yeah. like you know Google versus Facebook, for example, yeah. where there's intent behind the search and someone's looking for the service, versus if somebody's not looking for the service and you just kind of try to appeal to somebody's interests by showing them a picture, it's going to be different uh, based on the lead quality. For sure.
0: So here's another one. I personally like this one that uh, a misconception that we'll commonly run into with contractors is, Matt, do ads run themselves?
1: Yeah, this is, a, this is an interesting one because if you take it literally, once we turn the ads on, they're going to run themselves. But in terms of like generating uh, leads from them and creating quality ads, they don't run themselves. A lot. A lot of testing goes into making ads that work for our clients. You know, sometimes up to hundreds of different ads are tested just to try to hone in on the the specific client, the specific leads they want. Um, If we just kind of set up an ad campaign and forget about it, there's so many things that could change. Seasonality, um, you know, messaging offers, just the the number of uh, leads each ad is getting. You know, there's thresholds. You don't want to just be spending money to get a little bit of leads when you could be Mm -hmm. testing different ads to get a lot of leads. If, If you just turned it on and let it go... You know, you'd, you'd get leads probably because a- after you spend a- some money, you're going to get some leads, but you would never know how good it could be if you were testing other things. And this is just a side question: is why do you think that pe- that contractors believe that? Uh, well, maybe like you know, maybe they've seen it work in the past. They 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 uh, they've turned on ads themselves. They've gotten some messages, and they kind of you know didn't they didn't do much editing to it, and they you know they got some results, and like okay, like you know it's it's okay. Um, the, the misconception comes from the fact that like some results mean it's working when in reality you could be wasting money. And in a lot of cases too, contractors aren't necessarily tracking the effectiveness of advertising. So just because they see leads coming in, they think it's working when in reality, that's not the case all the time. Absolutely. And you should always be getting more and more efficient on your marketing too, right? Exactly. That's kind of the, the cool thing about advertising Mm. is the more you do it over time, You're kind of just trying to make it better and better and better. And, you know, at a certain point, if you're generating leads super effectively, the exact jobs you want, that's when you really start to scale. Because advertising can work uh, right away and you can set it and forget it and get some leads and it's fine forever. But that's not what the end goal is, especially for most of our clients. It's, It's growth. So the way to grow in advertising is to constantly test things and make them better and better. Well said. Yeah. Okay. So the next thing for you, Matt, um, are ads only for new businesses? (laughs) This is a funny one.
0: So very important key part of that question you said is only for new businesses, right? So the truth of the matter is that advertising is for new and mature businesses. Everybody should be advertising. If you think that advertising is only for a new business, you're very mistaken. New businesses can definitely... Um, do very well from advertising, and they should be doing it because nobody knows who you are. So you need to get yourself out there. But a more mature business should also be advertising to protect your market share, right? We were talking about this earlier. It's not enough as a bigger business, a more mature business to be able to grow and scale your business and be able to, um, protect yourself from economic downturns. If you're not being proactive about defending your place in the market with advertising.
1: Yeah. The only thing I could say, like maybe the, uh, certain types of advertising might be better for new businesses than established businesses, Yeah, like brand campaigns. Like if you're just trying to get your brand out there and it's awareness based, uh, then maybe, yeah, you'd benefit more than an established brand, especially if you're talking about major, major brands. But these major brands, these established companies do still have to advertise to get new leads because if they're not spending money, somebody's going to come in and spend the money and get the leads. And then, you know, if, if anything, they're going to start declining in their size.
0: Mm-hmm. And I would say that, like, newer businesses, though, they need to see a quick return on the advertising, right? So pretty much most of the advertising they do needs to be a quick return
1: back. Otherwise, they're not going to be advertising for very long. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If they don't have, like, enough cash flow to sustain their business, obviously, it's, you know it's just because people know about you yeah (laughs) Yeah. you have no jobs obviously you're gonna end up closing um and and that's another thing too it's like maybe these bigger brands aren't doing uh you know brand awareness campaigns directly they could be doing lead generation campaigns but they could kind of rely on the fact that they have such high net profit margins Mm -hmm. that it's kind of goes hand in hand Mm -hmm. like maybe the ads are you know they're running ads for a new service they're testing and they're not like saying like hey uh know our brand they're they're trying to advertise the new service but they can kind of get away with maybe not being as profitable to start because they already have you know tried and true revenue streams yeah and let's be honest me
0: and you have both experienced where if a business has enough goodwill out in the marketplace it makes it so much easier to be able to get results whereas if nobody knows who you are you're a brand new business completely it's going to be harder for sure yeah for sure So um, next common misconception here, this one's a good one too, is Matt, does advertising only attract
1: tire kickers? Yeah, so this is definitely not true. Advertising uh, attracts a wide array of people. And we kind of just think about it. Like if you're putting out ads on Facebook, for example, and you're showing it to everybody in the city, there's obviously going to be some people that need the service more than others. And if everyone is going to interact with you that has any uh desire at all to get the service there's going to be some tire kickers what we try to do is um like we said earlier with advertising running it over time we try to weed out tire kickers as much as we can um and then you know if they still come through we want you to do things like qualify these customers so you don't waste the time because it's not really at the end of the day it's not bad that you could tire kickers uh it's kind of bad if you're wasting time on tire kickers so if you can act to identify the tire kickers quickly and maybe not mm-hmm. you know pay attention to as much as them and like okay I just move on like oh we're not the right fit perfect i'll put some more time into these clients that's uh, that's kind of the best thing to do with tire kickers. Mm-hmm. And the other
0: question that you should ask yourself if you're asking like, hey, do ads only attract tire kickers is what is your definition of a tire kicker, right? Because from my experience, some contractors will think that someone who wants to get a job done in maybe two months from now is considered a tire kicker. But in reality, they're just um, higher up in the sales cycle, right? They're not at the end where they're like, hey, I'm ready to make a decision, Maybe they're still in the educational phase where they're just trying to learn a little bit more about the service. What does it cost? I'm just trying to figure this all out. So if you have good follow-up and good education, you can build that relationship quickly. And you're not going after the five to ten percent of the market only like every other contractor, and you're willing to maybe plant those seeds and work those leads, you will acquire leads and customers a lot cheaper.
1: Yeah, those are some good points. I want to like make it clear that when I say like qualified customers, I, I don't want you to like just disregard everybody that's like not mm-hmm. ready to hand you their money. Mm-hmm. I mean more so like if you're a luxury kitchen renovation company and you know the bare minimum of a renovation. And you need is like 50 to 60,000 and that's like the lowest you guys can go based on you know the goods and the materials you use and and the service you provide and someone comes in and they're like i could really only do 20 yeah that's the kind of customer you kind of want to just disregard right away but if there's somebody who's like you know yeah like matt said there's a, they're a month or two out or they need some warming definitely still nurture these leads you know work the leads because you only get so many so you do want to take time and, and care with the leads but at the end of the day yeah there's going to be some people that just aren't the right fit and and we just don't want to uh interact with those people as much as possible.
0: Yeah. And just to close the loop on that, I know that a lot of contractors too on their discovery call is what I call it, where you pick up the phone, you qualify them quickly, they'll actually ask like, "So, Mr. Prospect, what's your budget exactly?" And that's honestly like not a great question to ask because from my experience and what we've seen with clients is homeowners will lie to you. Like they're going to say like, "Oh, this is my budget," but is if they go further down into the process, and they're looking at like, you know what, uh, I kind of want these tiles instead, oh, like, maybe I'll do that. It's like, by the time you're done, you've added like 10,000 or x amount more. So a lot of the time, they don't even know what their budget is, of course, they're not going to tell you, hey, you know, Mr. Contractor, yeah, I want to spend $50,000. Yeah. Of course, they <laughs> don't. <nuts>. Want... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> of course, they don't want to, but they're going to tell you this is what I have in mind. And from there, then you can discover, okay, is there a little bit of wiggle room there at low at least? Because I think a lot of contractors are like, oh, no, you're not willing to spend this much more, then sorry, we can't work together. It's like, people don't work that way. There needs to be trust that's built. There needs to be a relationship and bring them through the process. Nice. Um, another thing is people sometimes think advertising is too expensive. What do you think about that? Very good question. So advertising is only expensive if it doesn't work. That's when advertising gets expensive, right? If you can put $1 in... Or let's say you know ten thousand dollars in, then and you get ten thousand dollars back, and you're able to continue to do that. That's infinite upside, right? Because you are acquiring new customers, which will give you referrals, which will expand your customer base, and you're continuing to grow your business, right? And so advertising is only expensive if it's not working, and you're not acquiring new customers. So even if you break even advertising is still going to be very effective. Now, when people say like, hey, that's really expensive, or this is really expensive, that's more than I thought. You always need to think of advertising in what is the return that I can get from this, right? Because your mindset needs to be like an investment. I think a lot of people see marketing or advertising as like this fixed cost, right? We spend um, like something I'll hear a lot is where people will say something like, "We only spend five or seven percent of our revenue on advertising," and that's great. Like, let's say you're at this certain number, and then you do five to five or seven percent of that, and like this is what we. spend that makes sense if your revenue is fixed at that certain level but if you start spending that on advertising you get more effective on it then now suddenly you can spend x amount more on advertising because your revenue jumped as well like just because you increase marketing doesn't mean that revenue doesn't increase it will also increase right
1: yeah ideally both want to grow like hand in hand and you want to over time be more effective with your marketing have more net profit and grow your company
0: yeah, absolutely. All
1: right, let's move
0: right along here. Um, this one's also a good one. Is Matt is my
1: market too saturated to make advertising work? Yeah, we hear this um, from like smaller companies, like new players to the market, um, and it's definitely not the case. There are definitely things you can do with advertising to, you know, focus your a- efforts uh, with like maybe limited budgets on certain subsets of the market to really capitalize. Um, for example, with like Google Ads, if you do keyword research and stuff, sometimes you can see even the biggest of competitors have holes where mm-hmm. they're not targeting specific subsets of the market. And then if you go in there, like the market as a whole might seem saturated, but specific parts of it might not be. Uh, so, for example, um, if you're doing roofing, and a bunch of roofing companies are really big on new installs, so they really go after the new installs. Mm but they don't want to worry about little roof repairs or maybe just emergency roof repair. Mm-hmm. Maybe companies for some reason aren't going after emergency roof repair and you and your, your, your team are willing to do the 24-7 calls. Those types of things can be really, really profitable. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's, it's not something to ignore. And like, just because you think roofing is really competitive in your area, there's a bunch of roofing companies, there's a small population, whatever. Not all roofing is created equal. And if you can you know, capitalize on the emergency situations or whatever mm-hmm. that may be, you could definitely kill it.
0: Yeah. A great example of this too, of where we had a client who was in a saturated market for a specific media is this lawn care client. So we had a client who he had a large competitor who was dumping a bunch of money into Google Ads. And so when we did our strategy call, I looked in and I said, Wow, this competitor though is touching no social media whatsoever. So all of their efforts going into Google Ads. So that is a way that you can get a strategic advantage, right? If you're able to look at your competitors and saying, okay, hey, they're really focusing on this media, but they're not focusing on this one,
1: we can capitalize on that one to gain a competitive advantage. For sure. You don't want to just like blindly assume that your market's too competitive and then you kind of shy away from advertising. When in reality, there's lots of things you could do. You can go into, you know, Facebook ad libraries are public. You can see Google ads are public. You know, you could... could But mainly that, like, those are for our our two main areas. But there's lots of things where it's, like, just because you think the market's competitive, it doesn't mean it's always overly competitive everywhere.
0: Mm -hmm. Oh, like, this guy's got this many reviews. Maybe I can get more reviews there. Or maybe we can be better on the back end with our follow-up because I know this guy doesn't have a newsletter
1: or something like that. Exactly. There's something where you could kind of get in there and, and make it work for sure. Yeah. All right, moving on. Uh, what if someone thinks that they've already that they're already too busy to advertise? They got way too much business. They don't want any more business. So we hear this one all the time,
0: right? Contractors will say, "Oh no, I'm booked out until X, Y, Z three months in advance." Blah blah blah. I don't need any marketing. But here's here's the problem with that. If you're booked out that far in advance, it means two things. It means that you either have a fairly small crew or you need to hire. Or it means that you're spending a lot of time on production. So you're probably doing like very custom high-end work um, or like building homes and just doing stuff that um, isn't very quick to produce, right? And so if you're cool with that and you're like, hey, I want to have this small team, maybe we have a small team, we're profitable this way, it's less for me to manage and we want to do like very custom work and charge, you know, high fees, great, then maybe you don't need to do marketing, maybe you can rely on referrals and do all that kind of stuff. But what I see from my experience, when people say, Hey, I'm all booked up, you know, we don't do any marketing. What that means to me, typically, is that you don't have enough steady work coming in to give you the confidence to hire more people so that you can start advertising and scaling. Most contractors struggle in in their business because they can't get um, consistent leads coming into their pipeline that they actually want so that they can start hiring more people and be. Be able to scale because from my experience they're usually relying a lot on referrals they're scraping the bottom of the barrel with all these different little jobs and then all of a sudden the work dries up for one month
1: and then things are slow and that's why they have a small team yeah maybe they're, they're saying this at like the the peak season for their niche and they're like oh yeah like don't worry i'm fine for three four months but then you know the other half of the year they're not doing great and they're kind of just like like matt said they're kind of scared to hire the team they don't know if the growth is going to be sustainable. And that's where advertising really shines is because you can generate that consistent lead flow. And you can be confident that, hey, you know, my team is going to stick around, I'm going to have work for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then, and then it just works all around.
0: Yeah. And by the way, like a lot of contractors, too, are always talking about, oh, like, we have a hiring problem, we, ha- we need more workers, nobody wants to work. It's because you haven't learned how to do recruitment. And advertising can help in that process. Whether you're advertising for attracting new clients, or you're advertising to attract new talent, it's the same exact process. So you should be advertising for hiring then if you're not advertising for new jobs, for sure. So let's jump right on here. Next one we got is um. Oh, this is a good one. So Matt, just because I'm advertising, should I start be seeing success
1: right away? That would be the ideal situation, and it definitely happens, Mm -hmm. but that shouldn't be the mindset going into advertising. The expectation. Yeah, the expectation shouldn't be, I'm going to turn everything on, I'm going to start printing money, and it's going to be great. Because in reality, kind of like our other point earlier, advertising takes a lot of trial and error to really get it honed in on what you want it to be. If everybody could just, you know, throw $1,000 on an ad and they get $20,000 back, everybody would be doing that everybody would be winning and it would be great but yeah. it's just it's just not the case unfortunately doesn't mean it's not going to work in the long run. But you really should be hesitant to think think that advertising is going to be like the immediate solution to the business issues that you're having.
0: Yeah, 100%. I think, um, like Matt said, those things do happen. And it it, it can happen for sure. If it's a perfect storm, you know, the client gives us all this great material to work with. And like the market is very accepting of it. And it's like the peak season. That's where you can have some huge wins. And it definitely happens. But on the flip side of that, the expectation should definitely be going in with a long-term mindset of understanding that, okay, like we're working towards building this asset that's going to be able to produce these jobs and grow your business and do all these things. So... It can definitely work and and, and uh, give you these huge results really really quick. But for
1: most people, that's not the like immediate thing. Yeah, it, immediately if you're like break even, that's kind of like a success in our minds for the mm-hmm. first like few months. If you're breaking even, there's leads coming through. You know, we're honing the ads in. You're practicing your sales ability and everything's like seems good. That's kind of like a success at advertising immediately. And then long term, okay, now things are actually really profitable. there's mm-hmm. scale. That, that's kind of like a long-term side of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so uh, Matt, do you think that the ads I put out need to be like professionally edited, doctored images? This is a great one.
0: So a lot of contractors will get really in their head about that and they'll say like, oh man, I don't really know if like the pictures I take are good, like should I hire like this professional f- f- photographer in there and like do all this stuff? And the answer is, is literally all you need is your phone And just take pictures, like, that Uh, most phones now are able to take really high-quality pictures, especially iPhone.
1: Yeah. No Android Honestly, (laughs) pretty
0: much any new phone in the last, like, five years is going to be more than enough. Yeah. And so I think that a lot of the time with contractors, when they're making ads, they think that they need to Photoshop, like some graphics on there and make it look super professional and stuff. From my experience, and what we've seen, the more doctored an ad looks, the more that it tips off as a red flag to someone that, hey, this is an ad. And then like their subconscious mind, they kind of just scroll past it because they're used to ignoring advertising. If you don't believe this, like, how often is like when you walk into a retail store, and someone says like, Hey, can I help you with anything? You'll just say no,
1: thanks. It's like, even if you need help, yeah, desperately (laughs) need
0: help. (laughs) And so, so you're programmed to not want to be sold to or not want advertising. That's why for the retail space. Now, if you notice the new thing now that if they're smart, what they're asking is have you been here before? Oh, I've been here before. And then you and you say, Okay, cool. Like, do you are you looking for anything? So yeah, you get that first yes. You l- get the first little, yes little in, and then yeah. So anyway, that's besides the point. What what we really like are going into here though is you want to be able to show your ads to look native on the platform, and a lot of the times that can literally just be a selfie of you on a roof, or that can literally just be your team uh, holding paintbrushes
1: in a beautiful new home that you painted. Yeah, we test all kinds of things, including the doctored images, but we've found that you know just genuine like before and afters or or team pictures uh, work. The best they they generate the consistent leads people think it's genuine especially on facebook where you know it's kind of like a photo sharing like mm-hmm. you know family app where people are taking pictures and, and and doing memories with their family like matt said the ads if they seem native to the platform they're going to work a lot better
0: yeah but you will photoshop maybe sometimes like what you call like overlay text overlays and for stuff sure on. yeah,
1: yeah. Like, we're not like not testing these things and, yeah. and sometimes for whatever reason they do work better i think generally though uh, like you said, we've seen the most consistent results from, like, the less doctored images, before and afters, and just things that seem more genuine. Like Matt said, we, we see, like, hundreds of ads a day. Everybody sees hundreds of ads mm-hmm. a day. So if you can immediately identify it's an ad, you're going to skip it. Mm-hmm. I skip every YouTube ad I get. I skip I mean, most ads I see on, mm-hmm. like, other social platforms just because why would I engage with it if it's an ad?
0: Yeah. It's all about creating that pattern interruption. For sure. Yeah. All right. So moving along here, the next uh, misconception that we have is, uh, Matt, my customers aren't
1: on social media. Should I be there? Oh, man. Everyone's on social media. And uh, you you see this a lot with, like, maybe much older contractors. They're they're in their 60s. They kind of, like, resent the whole social Mm. media online presence thing and, you know... You're going to find customers who aren't on social media. You get the word of mouth. You get people still looking in. I don't know, like white pages if they exist still. Like there, there, there are other avenues where you can advertise and get customers. But the majority of people are going to be online now, on Facebook, on Google, wherever it may be. And you know the people that are in their you know 30 to 40 range, where you know they're they're in their established careers, they're they're trying to build the home for their their future, their long term home, mm-hmm. and they're ready to spend the money. They're the people that are online and and they're definitely online.
0: Yeah. I mean, maybe if you're doing like commercial work, right, where you're working with like high rises and these big companies, then maybe something like Facebook um, wouldn't be a good fit. Who knows? But if you are targeting residential um, homeowners, which is like all of our clients, they all do residential work, then like Matt
1: said, everybody's on social media. For sure. The issue with like commercial work, for example, is it's hard to target those people specifically so like while they are on social media you're going to spend a lot of money on yes. showing the ads to people that the ads don't apply to so it's like you'll still those people will still be they're there. still there yeah it's just like you know the amount of times they see your ads versus if you were to like maybe put an ad in a magazine that spoke directly to Mm -hmm. commercial contractors and then you could you'd know that because that's what kind of what it comes down to is like if you know who you're advertising to you want to be able to show it to the most of those people as cheaply as possible Mm -hmm. so it's kind of yeah
0: yeah for the commercial work like when clients ask us about that i say honestly just you'd be better off exporting an email list of all of the businesses that you know would be a good fit in your area you get this big list and you send out an email to
1: them and say hey we're doing these services is is this something you're looking for yeah try to build up relationships get referrals and stuff like that's kind of when it comes down to like Mm -hmm. how many people that you know Mm -hmm. yeah well said all righty so the next one is what if someone thinks their service is too good to be marketed
0: yeah so like in the sense that like their their service is so good that like, why would I ever need to advertise? Exactly, yeah,
1: they're getting so many referrals, like the growth is gonna be endless without the advertising.
0: Yeah, so I hear contractors say this one too, they'll be like, if you're so good at what you do, then why are you advertising? Common, common thing that they'll say. And here's here's why that is a bad mindset to have, is that you can get by in your business, if you have a great business and you do like good work, you will get referrals and you can get by on that. You will reach a point, though, where you plateau. A lot of people will come to us when they reach that point where, hey, I do great work. Um, Our customers refer us. You know, like we have kind of the basic setup, but we plateaued. Usually that's going to be around the, in my my experience, it's around the 600,000 kind of mark where, like, you will tend to just start plateauing off of just referrals alone. And so to start getting predictability... That's like an important keyword, right? Predictability in your lead flow and in your customer acquisition, you need to start to advertise because when you have a small team and you don't have a lot of overhead and payroll, then it's easy for you to get by just referring, uh, relying only on referrals. But as soon as you have bigger payroll and you have a bigger team and you need to sign X amount of jobs per month to be able to pay for it all, you want predictability and that's where advertising can come in. For sure.
1: And it's kind of funny, like if your service is really like so good that you don't think you need advertising, you'll probably kill it with advertising. You'll probably do so good. And if you Mm -hmm. can predictably scale your business and ensure the quality control is there, you could grow your business so fast with advertising if it's that good. And then it just comes down to basically your will. Like, do you want to do that? Yeah, exactly. If you want to be happy with a million dollar business a year, you have consistent leads, you know, you're happy on the tools, whatever it may be. It's not that like your business is too good to advertise. It's just that it's not the right fit for what you desire, but it doesn't mean that you wouldn't benefit from it. Mm -hmm. Well said. Um, All right. Next one.
0: We're just firing through these right here. Um, So we got, um, why do I
1: need a landing page as opposed to a website for advertising, Matt? Yeah. So a lot of people think their website is good enough. They maybe paid a web developer $2,000, $4,000 sometimes $20,000, crazy amounts to develop the website. They put all this effort into it. They think it's amazing. And a lot of the times it's a pretty good tool for, you know, talking about your business and it can generate some leads. It works as a portfolio. But in terms of strictly lead generation, Mm -hmm. a landing page is the best thing because it gives the person that lands on the page, the least amount of decisions possible to get the result that you want. So we want the lead. We give the information condensed in a way that it's, so appealing and clear to the person landing on the page that this is the right fit for me, that they give you their information. They either submit the lead form or they call you. Because at the end of the day, if you give a person so many choices, like they land on a page, they could check out your portfolio, mm-hmm. they could they could read your, your about you section, they start looking at maps, you know, whatever it is, they scroll away, maybe they come back, whatever it is. If they just land on the landing page, they say, hey, okay, I need a bathroom renovation. Boom, this guy does bathroom renovations, This is the service oh great he does vanities and shower installations that's what i need here's some pictures of his past work this review says he did a great Mm -hmm. shower installation in two weeks bam like there it's just so it just works so well it flows Mm -hmm. and then people get the lead and then there's no time to like for them to scroll away Mm -hmm. yeah if you're
0: going to spend the money to get someone to go somewhere then you want to make sure sorry (laughs) choking here. If you're going to spend money to get someone to go somewhere, then you want to make sure that they're actually going to do what you want them to do, right? So like you said, the more decisions you give them, the more likely they are to make no decision. So we want to reduce decisions. And we want to make it either,
1: hey, you exit out or you get this estimate, right? For sure. It kind of comes down to too, like, uh, the goal of the advertising. Mm. If it's lead generation, you want a landing page. If it's just like brand recognition, and you want to get your name out there, send traffic to your website. That's fine. Yeah, people will read about you you know they'll see what you're all about what what services you offer they might not turn into a lead but they'll they'll know your brand and then maybe in six months when they need a renovation or something they'll have that in their back of their mind like oh i saw this brand like and they'll they'll search for you or whatever and maybe they'll find you maybe they won't um but yeah like that's when it could come in handy is the website is is that kind of stuff but when you want to capture leads and you want to get the client now yeah you need a landing page solid cool cool all right next question do you think ads need to appeal to everyone in a market? Great question. So
0: a lot of contractors will do this when they're creating an ad. I get flyers in the mail all the time where I actually saw one the other week, and it was like, here's what we specialize in. And it was like basements, bathrooms, flooring, roofing, blah, 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 blah. And it just went down the whole thing, and I'm like, so you don't specialize in anything? <laughs> and so I think a lot of contractors, when they're doing advertising, their mentality will be, okay, I just got to spray and pray and like throw out as many things as possible, and that will cast a wider net, which is going to be more likely to get someone. The opposite is actually true. So what we want to do is go hyper focused and reach out and grab the person that we want to target. We want to speak directly to them and say, Hey, if you're looking exactly for this, we do that. And here's this
1: special offer exactly for someone like you. Yeah, because you want to capture attention. And if somebody sees like a generic ad, whether it's online, or even in print, they might not uh, they might not engage with the ad and then the attention's lost, and there's no way they're gonna turn into a lead. But, like Matt said, if you say, Hey, are you a homeowner looking for a roofing repair? Mm-hmm. and you're like, Oh, yeah, I do have a leaky roof, you're gonna read the ad, and then ideally they turn into a lead. And that only works when you're doing specific targeting Mm -hmm.
0: yeah here's the deal like your brain can't process any kind of like vanilla generic type information so here's an example of what i mean by this have you ever bought let's say a new car you bought a white honda civic and then you buy it you drive it off the the lot and then you drive around all of a sudden you're seeing white Honda Civics everywhere right because it's important to you now it's in your spatial awareness you're looking for it it's it's important to you and so the same exact thing applies when you're advertising people aren't going it's not going to be in their awareness if you say like hey we're like a general contracting company but if like Matt said you reach out and you say hey are you looking for a bathroom renovation then they'll be like i am looking for a bathroom renovation
1: yeah staying on like the car example too you don't see like jeep putting out commercials it's like do you drive to work it's like everybody (laughs) drives to work right they they show the person like going like back 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 road driving in the mountains like driving over rivers and stuff because it's like that's the person they're trying to attract they don't just talk about the everyday use that everyone uses a car for they talk about the specific needs that the car kind Mm -hmm. of appeals
0: to yeah so specificity over generic messaging every single time um all right next question here oh this is a good one matt you're
1: gonna love this one so are negative comments bad for my business yeah it's quite funny it's quite funny because <laughs> a lot of the time we get clients sometimes they, they reach out to us and they're like hey the ad you put up man there's people commenting they're saying bad there's things. a whole fight on yeah, my ad. <laughs> a, please just take it down I can't, I can't deal with it like whatever hide the hide the comments and, and all that and it's like we get the kind of like hesitation when you, when you see people talking negatively about either your business or the ad you put up. You might kind of just be scared and not want to deal with it. The thing is, is like Facebook doesn't really care about the content of the engagement. They just care about the engagement. So if you're getting comments on your ads, you're getting you know angry reacts, it's all the same as any other thing like positive. So they'll push your ad out more. And the thing is, is, you know, just because maybe the person commenting on the ad is actually angry and they're not gonna work with you. If if your ad gets, ends up being pushed out to like 10,000 more people because Facebook saw engagement, somebody in the 10,000 people probably isn't gonna care about the mm. issue. So sometimes we get like roofing companies and, and they're not like fully harnessed improperly, but it's a great roofing picture. So they'll send us these pictures to use in ads. And yeah. you know, we put them up because the picture looks good. And you'll get this one guy commenting like, ha ha, their harnesses, <laughs> look at their harnesses. And it's like, They they get scared because, oh, like, we weren't up to code, whatever it is. Like, please take the ad down. Yeah. But we see the numbers. And and the fact is, is, like, I can sometimes see that literally double the amount of impressions. So the number of people seeing your ads versus the ad where nobody's commenting, but everything's okay.
0: Yeah. I think it's, like, and that's a funny example. I think it's really nuanced because sometimes there are controversies that, like, are just small little things that I think – like don't matter and that you should just ignore and let the comments be but then there are some other things where obviously you need to use your judgment and and it's like okay maybe this actually is something we don't want to show but for example like once we had a client where we showed a before and after picture and everybody in the comments was saying like the after picture looks worse like the before picture looks way better and like just every single person was saying this Um, And it was kind of like crazy because it was just boosting the engagement on Facebook like nuts, though, like just the likes, the comments, everything. And so... The, the lead cost was, like, dropping because Facebook was like, okay, I guess everyone wants to see this, so it's going to put it in front of you. So we had a talk with the client, and he was like, should I be concerned about this? And I was like, I mean, you're still getting business through it. People are still coming through and saying, hey, I'm interested. The, the only reason that people were saying that the after picture looked worse was because they painted it a darker color. And so it just comes down to taste. Like, if it's just something where it's like, oh, this is what the client wanted. We did a great job, but it was just not – a nice, like maybe subjectively not
1: nice looking. Yeah, like sometimes people don't understand like staining. So they stain the backyard deck and they think the before looked better, but it's like, you just don't get staining. So people are commenting angry comments on the picture when in reality, like that's how it's supposed to look. And it's like, if you don't like that outcome, it's not right for you, But please keep commenting because there's going to be somebody (laughs) that sees it that they love this deck.
0: Yeah, so definitely an interesting thing. I would say don't be overly concerned if you start getting hate and stuff like this on your marketing. You know, there's an old saying from uh, Dan Kennedy, one of the fathers of direct response. He said, if you're not pissing someone off by noon, you're not marketing hard enough. So there's words to live by.
1: (laughs) (laughs) already moving on. Do you think stock images are enough to get great results for the business? So a lot of contractors want to use stock images
0: because it's easy, right? Like anyone can just go online, grab a stock image and boom, now we can have an ad up ready to go. The problem with that is there's a couple problems. First is that everyone else is thinking the same exact thing. So you're going in and just showing stock images that other people have seen. So instantly what this is doing is it's dropping trust, right? So people don't trust you as much because they know that it's not a real picture. The best thing that you could do for your ads is use um original images. So literally images off of your phone that you snap pictures of your crew, pictures of your work, before and after pictures are always going to be performing way better
1: than any stock image. For sure. Like I don't know if you guys ever go on like Pixabay or Pexels or any of those free sites. There's only so many good pictures you can find for any niche and you know a lot of the times you can see the view count on these pictures and it's like 20 million people have seen this picture so like matt said maybe even if your competitors aren't using those images they've most likely seen those images used somewhere so like they're no they're no they're gonna know it's not you and it just doesn't seem like authentic
0: Mm -hmm. it's also kind of cringy to me how many marketing agencies will like perceive contractors as being like that guy who's wearing like the hard hat with a clipboard in his hand and you see it like in an
1: ad and you're like oh man like you don't understand the industry. Yeah, it's really funny. Like just on, on a kind of a tangent, people in ad, like in like ads, like B roll footage and stuff. It's always like so, so stereotypical, generic <laughs> stuff. It's really funny.
0: Yeah, or like a crane and stuff. It's <laughs> like even though it's like residential <laughs> yeah.
1: work, it's like oh, there's a crane in there somewhere yeah, working on like a seven story house. Man, guys, killing it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, but um I recommend not using stock images if you have to. Where you're like, yo, my phone got broken, I lost all my pictures, but we need to, or like. Like, hey, I'm starting this new business. We have no pictures whatsoever. Use it for the time being just to get a little bit of momentum. But the first job that you get, snap all the pictures and replace them with that. For sure. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So moving in here. All right. We've got, uh, I think we've got one last one here. So the question is, Matt, million-dollar question, can I get big results with my advertising
1: on a small budget? People like to hope that this is the case. And in some cases, maybe you can, but in general, you have to pay to play. You're going to have to spend money to make money. It's just kind of the you know the way it is, especially with everyone advertising. If you can like put in you know a dollar and get back twenty dollars every time, again, I mentioned this earlier. Everyone's going to be doing it, but in reality, it takes time. It takes budget to really get everything you can out of advertising. Mm-hmm. You know because. Just think about it like this. like If you want to test multiple different angles, you want to test different keywords, you want to test mm-hmm. different copy, different images, to really find the winning combination of assets that's going to kill it for your business, you have to spend money to test these things. Mm-hmm. So maybe, for example, you're working with $1,000 a month, and the first set of ads you put up just happened to kill it. Mm-hmm. It happens. Like Maybe you know there was no other competitors in the market. Nobody was doing what you do. Or you just landed on a great offer combination and the image worked and it, and it, and it killed it. It happens. But in reality, like it's going to take testing. You're going to have to test different things. And the smaller the budget, the longer it takes to test, market conditions can change, other players can enter the market, whatever it is the results probably won't be there. Like, you have to limit your expectations with small budgets.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. Would you say that there's it almost gets riskier sometimes the less money that you go in with a campaign because, like you were saying, the feedback is way lower, like you don't have as much data to work with, so it almost
1: becomes riskier, would you say? I feel like it's kind of like if you approach marketing how you should and it's an investment and it's a risk, the most you're willing to risk out of the gate just means the faster you'll get results. And I personally think the biggest, the bigger the budget, the better the results, both short and long-term, yeah. because you acquire more data and you test more. And that's really all advertising takes is if you're doing things properly and you're actively testing and you're trying to figure out what works, it only really takes time to make marketing work. And the bigger the budget, the less time.
0: Yeah, and we've seen that where you go in with like a bigger budget, we get feedback right away, we can make the changes. It's like great. Now we have all the stuff to work with whereas when you have a small budget, like you're saying, like you're really banking on the fact that
1: you're going to basically like hit it right on the first shot. For sure. And even like if the, what what happens if things are working okay? It's like do you want to do you want to s- stray away from the okay to go look for the killer ads or like do you want to stay mediocre and that's kind of where Mm. a small budget pin pin that pigeonholes you where it's like Mm. things are okay and it takes money to test other stuff so do i want to risk losing the results and that's kind of like where we get hung up sometimes because you know we're working with campaigns and it's like our clients are happy but we want to make it better but like in trying to make it better we might make it worse temporarily and like how do we do that Mm. whereas if you if you have a budget to work with and you're actually willing to spend money that's not as much of an issue.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, very good point. Yeah, and it's, I like what you said, too, about how, like, once you get to a point where, like, the advertising is working, maybe you have a smaller budget, your immediate goal should be, Kate, and how do we increase that budget to something that's more competitive? Because you don't want to stay there.
1: No, ideally, you're yeah. growing, right? You're making it better because that's, that's the end goal is just to kind of have, like, a lead printing, money printing machine, and that's where advertising can get you, but it only gets there after time and things are tested. Yeah.
0: Very well said. Well, guys, um, I think that's all the misconceptions that we have on today's show. I hope you found this helpful. Hey, if you're listening to this right now and you enjoyed this show, it would mean the world to us if you could uh, rate it five stars wherever you're listening to or subscribe or wherever you're listening to this, give it a thumbs up, rate it, um, subscribe. We'd really appreciate it because it helps us grow this show, reach more people, and be able to bring more
1: great shows like this to you. So thanks for being on the show again today matt yeah this was a fun one thanks for having me I hope you guys enjoyed the content and we kind of answered a lot of the questions that we hear honestly all the time
0: yeah so thanks a lot for tuning in guys and we'll see you on the next one take care everyone